Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are reviewing Onward. Onward. The new movie from Pixar. New movie from Pixar. I feel like this wasn't super... Like, I think we I saw... I don't know if I saw that many previews for this. It was in front of a couple of movies that we, we reviewed and we saw, but, like, I mean, maybe it's a situation, and this is what I always have to think about, like, whenever whenever I watch any previews, because, like, if you watch a scary movie or, like, some of this rate R or whatever, like, you're going to see a lot of, like, more m- mature, like, uh, m- previews. Whereas this one, it's like, have I did I watch very many things that were, like, animated? I, it was definitely in front of, like, Frozen 2 whenever I saw that. Um, and definitely in front of a lot of the other things like last year, like late last year that we saw, um, where that were like more family friendly things. But yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I agree. Like the marketing behind this isn't like gigantic or anything. Like yeah. even like social media, like I haven't been like scrolling my feeds and been like, Oh, there's, you know, there's the thing. Yeah. Um, I've done it a couple times maybe on Instagram, but, uh, but uh, yeah, not a whole lot of, uh, not a whole lot of marketing behind it. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah. Uh, but I liked it, so we'll talk about that later. Yeah. And uh, I hope it does well. Yeah, I hope it does really well. Um, so, John. Yes. Before that, we have some news as well. That's right. That we'll get to. But what have you been up to this week? This week, I watched the other the next episode of Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did too. Very good still. Great. I'm super in. Uh, dude, like, they just, ah, oh, man, it's just so good. Yeah, it's um, real good. This is one thing I can't remember. Okay. Did we know that Obi-Wan knew about uh, Anakin and Padme uh, until now? Not really. I mean, not not, not like officially, officially. Yeah. Like he has in, in the, the Clone Wars uh, series, like he numerous times will like talk to Anakin about it without talking to him about it. Yeah. Like he'll be like, oh, you seem clouded on this thing. Mm. And, he, you know, there's <laughs> one conversation and like in my rewatch this last time, like I took note of a conversation they had where, where Obi-Wan literally tells him, he says, Anakin, you know, he's like the Jedi don't for, forbid uh, there to be like attachments, but we they forbid the attachments to affect your judgment of things, and so like he's like you know they you know he's like I he's like similar to like me and like because Obi Wan like had a had a romantic relationship with somebody like from the past or whatever mm-hmm. um, who was uh, the Queen of Mandalore, mm-hmm. um, and so it's like you know. He is coming at it from that angle and doesn't steer uh, steer Anakin in the right direction. Like it, it, in the end, like with, with Obi Wan, Darth Maul ends up killing the Queen of Mandalore, who is his like romantic interest mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Obi Wan gets super mad, but then lets it like doesn't let it like, affect him. Like lets it go. Like that sort of like in and so that's the kind of like obi wans view of like the the way to handle those types of situations sometime we should have uh maybe uh like uh jared on the show mm-hmm. with maybe like uh hanny and we should have a discussion about is uh anakin turning into darth vader largely obi-wan's fault <laughs> uh so the the argument would be like it's the the jedi largely pushed him that direction for a number of th- ways um because like you know with anakin being a he was a slave whenever he grew up like as a kid and the fact that they don't 
ever let him go and free any of the slaves there. And in fact, like they talk about, there's one arc in uh, Clone Wars that deals with like he, they go and shut down this planet that is uh, in, like literally kidnapping other planets and like enslaving them. And Anakin like is very, very like personally like into that mission. Like he's he is like he he's all about it. And like I don't know. I mean, there's like there's lots of things there. There's lots of this this under under undertones of like the Jedi have yeah, so in fact lost the, their way. The, the thing that I think they've done, like I think uh, Lucas did best with uh, Anakin, was like it's not like there wasn't just like one turning point. No. Like it was like a bunch of things that led to yeah. his eventual turn into Darth Vader, yeah. uh, which honestly makes it uh, more um, believable and, and like more complex, yeah. feel more real. Yeah. Um, and in so many ways, like you think about like the separatists and the, uh, and the Republic while one of them is being led by uh, a Sith Lord, the other one's being led by the master of that Sith Lord, you know? So yeah. it's like, what, you know, like <laughs> right. even, even these, like these, these things, the Jedi become a tool for a Sith master. You yeah. know, it's like, what well, so, so, Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, see, that's the thing. That, and that's where I would love to have the discussion of, yeah. like, a, a round table of, like, yeah. is it Palpatine's, is it really just Palpatine's creation? Is, I mean, if it is, then why doesn't he trust him when if, once he makes him? Yeah. Is it, is it Obi-Wan? Yeah. You know, is it the Jedi? Well, even, like, the Jedi, like, uh, Mace Windu and, uh, is it Mace and, Windu? and, and, uh, Yoda <laughs> sit there in Clone Wars, uh, episode Mace Windu? two, and have the conversation. They're like, oh, you know, the, the Jedi's powers of less and yeah. and are you know we can't see anything and like they talk about throughout the clone wars like series how like they just like everything is clouded in this war and they like even whenever they find out that there's a plot somehow like that that uh Tyrannus which is uh Dooku created the clones like they they know this they know that he like was an instrumental in them having the like fighting force against Dooku's army and it's like why would he do that mm -hmm. and they're like we need to end the war quickly mm -hmm. in order to uh, like avoid whatever plot coming to fruition that Dooku has for this and then at the end like even now like with with the where the Clone Wars series is at right now they know that like Darth well, Darth Tyrannus, but like his uh, Dooku is not like the master. They assume that he's probably the apprentice, and they're like, "We don't know where the uh, the Sith Lord Master is." And it's like that is some intense stuff, man. It is intense. Uh, I also love the Bad Batch. Just that whole like team. Yeah, they're super cool. They're really cool. I like the the design behind them as well. Like, yeah. It's really nice. The uh, I liked how they they introduced them in the last episode and like had this, you know, all these cool like fighting things. They kind of like, cut loose with him yeah. and then integrated Anakin into it, which right. I, I appreciated like whenever they're all cornered or whatever and you're like, all right, it's about to go down <laughs> and Anakin literally just like force pushes half of the droids down and you're yeah. like, yes! Well, that's the thing, yeah, like that's that's the thing. Like, you should, I mean, anytime you introduce any kind of like Jedi into the situation, you're just like, all right. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I love about them. That's, yeah. what, that's why we love them. Because it's, it's like, you know, uh, I just got through playing... Um, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, the whole thing. I finished it, John. Yeah. Uh, number one, dude, you have to. I like. There are so many things in this, mm. like more mind blowing than are than we've been talking about Ooh. just now. For, okay. Okay. I like. I just can't. I. I uh. So. Yeah, but the, one of the cool things that you see. So if you're a Star Wars fan, play it. Yeah. So one of the like, most mind blowing things in this game is seeing a Jedi Master do their thing and just like, I mean, it, it, because the, the whole conceit, um, you know, from, from the beginning, like I'm not spoiling anything. Right, right. It's like you're, you're a Padawan. Right. And you're kind of like along the way, you kind of learn more things. So. Right. But then like whenever you see uh, a Jedi Master 
uh, whether it's in a flashback or whatever it is, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, do the whole Jedi thing, you're like, that's what I want to be. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The, that's what I want to do. Um, but that's dude, awesome. Yeah. I like, love it. Uh, you have to play this game. It's... It's not even an option. Yeah. Like, I cannot emphasize how much it's not an option. It will It will <laughs> or else happen. we just need to spoil it. If you're not going to play it, we no, can, we no, can no, play no. it. And I need to spoil it. 100%. Like Because you just need to know the things that are in here. It's the next one on the uh, on the old pile. All so right. it's like, it's it's going to happen. The the crazy thing. So I, I try to stay away from uh, behind the scenes kind of featurettes yeah. and um, uh, articles until I finish a game or watch right. a movie because like inevitably there's some kind of random spoiler yeah. that like spoils something key something that I don't that really somebody want. else doesn't think is a spoiler but maybe is yeah. or something that's like oh I hadn't even thought about that that's like 14 hours into the game or like yeah. whatever yeah. it's honestly half of the reason why I stopped subscribing to Entertainment Weekly mm-hmm. magazine because um, like they would you know before a movie comes so it's like the new Bond yeah they would have an article on James Bond right and then it'd be like three, two or three weeks before it comes out. Yeah. But the, like there would be something in there. So what mm. I started doing was, well, I can't read the current issue. I have to set it over to the side uh, and wait till the movie comes out, watch dang. the movie, then read the issue. Well, then I forget. Yeah, then it's a bummer also. And then I'm just like, oh, I haven't read this article. And I'm like, why am I subscribed to this magazine? Yeah, though you're like, you have, <laughs> but I'm not they reading. pile up and you're like, what? Yeah, that's just here. I'm not drowning in magazines that I haven't never read. Yeah. Um, but That's funny. Yeah, so uh, in one of the uh, the articles I was reading, it was crazy because apparently Disney slash Lucasfilm would mm-hmm. not allow them to use the word Jedi until like well into the development of this game. Interesting. Like, which is crazy because like when it, just the story, I don't know how in the world they were they were doing this story without using the word Jedi because it's yeah. all based around. Um, well, not all of it, but like a lot of it's based around the Jedi. Yeah, and well, I mean, like your character, like was on on was a Jedi Padawan. You know, yeah. it's like okay. One thing that they are like they they did. I think that probably it's, it actually makes it cooler. I think like you're kind of like learning about this race of Force users, mm-hmm. and um, I think they probably got around it somewhat in that way. But, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm kind of like I like the fact that they did that because it kind yeah. of made things a little more richer. Like I don't know the. Once you play it, we can talk about it. I mean, have it. Fulton on, Ooh, I'm into and it. Uh, just like they killed this story. Like honestly, Rogue One and um, and uh, Jedi Fallen Order, probably the two best like Star Wars stories mm-hmm. uh, in the new like post Disney. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm into it, dude. I'm I'm so so on board. Like um, additive things that don't like. It's like hey, we just add and add and add to this to this uh, story without uh, doing anything that like, I mean, they do new things. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's, there's a way to do it. And there's like, we I have other like, things I could say. There's so many like interviews with, with like uh Dave Filoni where it's like, he talks about that balance where yeah. he talks about the thing of like, okay, well, you know, these things like they're untouchable, but then these other things, like you can change that, you can develop that, you can add on things that'll make it like feel better. And like, so he gets like, a special thanks in the end of this game on the credits. Yeah. Dave Dude, Filoni it's does. It's funny. Like he, I, uh, I was watching on uh, Disney plus, uh, after watching the Clone Wars episode, I jumped into season two of uh, Star Wars Resistance, mm. which is the the, sh- the show that airs yeah. on on uh, Disney XD or whatever. Um, which is it's a good like it's a good show like I enjoy it. Is it still um, out or it, is it still releasing new episodes? The, or is it done? Uh, the second season was the last season. They okay. only had the two seasons because like they wanted to fill in like okay, what's other things that are happening in the galaxy during this time frame? Yeah, yeah. Of the new trilogy, basically. Yeah. Um, and so it's a. Uh, 
the, actually Dave Filoni did one of the voices of one of the, like the additional pilots or whatever. Nice. Um, and so it's like, you know, his voice is all like modulated and stuff, but I saw him in the credits and I was like, Dave Filoni. Yeah. That's awesome. That's um, like, um, but he's executive producer on that show and stuff. So Gary would have tweeted, did you see his tweet yesterday about, uh, about the end of rogue one and the, uh, so when, when Vader's coming down the hallway mm-hmm. and swiping all these guys, um, the, uh, the guy who, who comes runs from Vader ship into Tantive five mm-hmm. and then pulls the lever to detach it is Gareth Edwards, the yeah, director of the director. Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. Which is super cool. Yeah, it's really cool. The last one in the chain, basically. Yeah. yeah. The uh and hands it off to like the next the next movie. Yeah. It's fascinating, dude. I love it. Um, something I wanted to uh, bring up way back whenever we were talking about uh Jedi Fallen Order. Um apparently I, I haven't listened to the the interview, but apparently there's a IGN Unfiltered, which is mm. a podcast uh, with Ryan McCaffrey and uh Stieg Asmussen who who is the game director yep. of Jedi Fallen Order. Yep. And in, Ryan offhandedly in one of the other podcasts that he was on, a uh, podcast unlocked or whatever, he mentioned that in that interview, Stieg had said that he had to ask like multiple times, like to be able to make this like je- a Jedi thing. It's insane. Where it's like, you know, he's like, and they weren't going to like do it until like, you know, largely through the process. He's like, he's like, we just kind of just did the game and, and we're going to do the game how we wanted to do the game. And then we got the okay to use the Jedi like midway through or whatever. So it's fascinating. Like how that, how that all played out. Yeah. Um, it's, and like it's so weird, and it's dude. such a strange thing, and I'm not sure if that came from uh, came from Lucasfilm, if that came from like you know Disney or EA even, because like even EA like has has had like pretty. It wasn't EA, like it, that's what I was reading. Like yeah. it, was, it was totally Disney slash Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know where 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 in the chain it was coming yeah, from. Yeah, because it could you know it's like it's, man, I I think I think about like wh- how. How can you avoid that? Like you in, can't. That, in that game, well, you know, or it's just gonna it's feel just weird. Impossible. Like, and then, and then yeah. you're just gonna wish it was a Jedi game. That's well, the thing. And, and also, like Stieg uh, is uh, was the game director on like God of War, and so like melee combat, all this stuff. Like this is like bread and butter, and so it's like that translates like well over to like Jedi. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like if, well, if I can't have that, that uh, this can't be a Jedi. I still want to do that gameplay. Yeah, I mean, I was talking, so. to, I was talking to Fulton about it, and he and he made a comment like it. It, it amazes me that they wouldn't give this game one of the the most like respectful things of the Jedi mm-hmm. that we've seen, but then they'll let you know, like they'll let any, anybody mess around with it in the main movie timeline. I mean, it, at the same time, like they they did let them do it. You know, they did like go, yeah, okay, that that works. You know, it's like maybe they they wanted to get it far. You know, who knows what it was like like early on in the process? Is like they were seeing it and they're like, okay, well, as long as you stay away from the the term Jedi, we're fine with this. <laughs> it's and it's ridiculous. like by the end, they're like, okay, no, you guys are doing great. Let's do, let's, you know, throw the Jedi on there. Um, you know, because they also think about like Respawn has, has been known for first person shooters and has, had never done a third person action game before. And it's like, okay, while maybe the game director has done these types of games, the studio not he known also, for them. So he also I don't know. a studio that's never made a bad game. It's very true, Chris. Uh, ever. Like, Respawn uh, which has is amazing. Never ma- made no. a bad game. No, it's Blows crazy. My mind, man, blows my mind. I mean, even the even the just like the Vince Zampella, yeah. like he's never made a bad game. Yeah, now he, they've uh, they've promoted him. He's like ahead ahead of like a couple different studios now. Yeah, like which is which is cool. Yeah. Um, I'm excited, more excited for EA's games than I, I have been in like ever. Right. So for the know. longest time, like you know, from for from a like large developer's perspective, it kind of I kind of bounced back and forth between like. Activision and Ubisoft, sure, because like you know, Activision always has like the big blockbusters, and I think they are, they are kind of has a have a uh, they're returning to form with Modern Warfare, sure. Um, 
but then like Ubisoft would have these like really cool kind of uh, um, vintagey smaller indie games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even like I like Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I was about to well. say like, like the, that 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 third person kind of action open world game yeah. is like super fun. You yeah. know, it's it's a fun formula, and so like that was kind of like their wheelhouse. But honestly, and it's, and, and it's less EA, but it's just like literally just respawn. Right. <laughs> I'm just like I'm loving right. what respawn is doing. Yeah. And EA happens to own them to publish it. Publish yeah. them. Like have happened to have bought the studio back. Yeah. You know, after Titanfall two. Um, Cool, Chris. Well, that's what well, that's what I've been up to. I mean, and obviously, what you've been up to. Yes. Is it time for the news? The news. The news. Yes. Well, we mentioned it earlier. The first story we mentioned the the property earlier. We did with uh, James Bond. I believe we did. Oh yeah. We just, oh yeah. So um, unless I'm imagining things, and that was a different timeline. But no, you know. sorry, I had something else lined up first. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let me. <laughs> it's okay. Let me pull up. Uh, pull up that article oh no so then we can we can talk about that news I mean, I figured we'd oh, just dive other, into... we should talk about this other thing too the okay. uh animated batman animated series board game oh yeah yeah okay well there's a batman animated series board game it on looks kick... uh, really fun like on the kickstarter yeah on kickstarter the uh the art of it looks really nice yeah, yeah the... it comes with a ton of uh collectible figures uh, they've so that i think they set out with uh with the goal of like two hundred thousand dollars or something mm-hmm. like that, and it's like well over a million, so they've hit a ton of stretch goals. Oh yeah, well, so like, you get a ton of stuff with it. I, sometimes I I like hesitate whenever things like way overshoot because I remember like Mighty Number no. Nine like way overshot its goal, and it, like th- that just took like an additional five years because they had to put it out on all these other platforms or to had to like I don't know like it, it became something like overscoped yeah. essentially. I don't think that would have. That would have mattered if it had actually been a good game. Been a good game, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I like if I had one hundred twenty-five thousand or one hundred twenty-five thousand, one hundred twenty-five dollars sitting yeah. around, I totally buy that. It looks super cool. Uh, you only have like three more days left by the time you hear this, so, so get on it. Yeah, I was about to say, jump on that if uh, if you're interested. All right, so this is from IGN, uh, written by. Adam Bankhurst. No time to die. James Bond's latest film has been delayed until November 2020 after, quote, after careful consideration and thorough evaluation of the global theatrical marketplace, end quote. The news was announced on the official James Bond Twitter account with MGM, Universal, and Bond producers Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli, Mm -hmm. all agreeing a delay was the best move. No Time to Die will now be released in theaters November 12th, 2020 in the UK and November 25th, 2020 in the U.S., more worldwide dates will be announced in the future. The decision was likely due to the global threat of uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus. Earlier this week, as reported by BBC, founders of M16 Confidential and the James Bond dossier, two leading of the leading James Bond fan sites p- pinned an open letter that states, it is time to put public health above marketing release schedules. This delay follows Disney's decision to cancel its plans for a red carpet gala for the launch of Disney Plus in the UK. Uh, the coronavirus outbreak, as reported by THR, may cause a $5 billion loss in the global film industry. Theaters in China have been closed for weeks, and the virus is beginning to heavily impact movie going in South Korea, Italy, and even Japan, the world's third biggest film market. This virus is not only impacting the film industry, uh, it is an, um, impacting the gaming industry, also taking precautions with events like GDC being postponed or canceled altogether. No Time to Die... When it is released later this year, we'll have its theme song. Well, okay, we're just like getting. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you know, just all the things that have to do with other articles, any you know? searchable term. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, like so. What's funny is that's something just like I hadn't thought of until this happened. Of like, oh man, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. Like that's 
these days the international box office is like at least half, yeah. if not more, than a movie's gross. How many times has a has a uh, DC movie like come out and like flopped <laughs> here in the states, but yeah. it's like it performs really well overseas, and it's like and in the you know. It's basically saved a lot of those those movies, like so gotten li- them back up to to being profitable. Where's our? Do you have our list of movies? Um, I do. Did we have release dates with those? I don't know if we had release dates with those. Okay, I tried to kind of look in order. But like, what else could possibly be delayed like this? You I think? mean, like you would assume, like that one is is two months away, right? Like, so it's April something or other. Um, I believe. Let me look on our calendar. But uh, but it is. I mean, I think. Like, what about things like Mulan that I think are going to perform well over there? See, that's a that's a that's a big question, Chris. Because that one, it's too soon. Like, that's it's in, too close now. You think they're I think like that they it's just too can't close. pull it now? I don't think that I mean, they can, it's one, they can two, probably do three it. weeks away. Yeah, because Mulan, and then next we have the New Mutants, which is like I'm like that one's really a big concern because it's a horror kind of uh, X Men set movie. So it's like already that's going to be a uh, a hard sell for a lot of people. Um, no time to die was coming out April tenth, so it's literally a month away. Um, Black Widow, I think, week. will do. I mean, that's that comes out in May. Yeah, that's a huge movie, like in international markets. And once it's out, like in in the U.S. and in other like other markets, like it, Fast it, and Furious Nine always does huge in in China. Out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like any of those that's movies that are beyond a month away. I feel like four weeks away, we're like at that point where you're like, "Woo, I have no idea what it's going to be like four weeks from now in the, even the U.S., let alone yeah. in you know in these uh, international markets that have been shut down for two months or whatever." So, it's, it's I wild, dude. dude. When and when is uh, Top Gun? It's in here somewhere, isn't it? Uh, it's in the summer, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's on, like closer me, to closer to like August. Top Gun. Yeah, June. Yeah. <sighs> I honestly, I like, I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, you know, let's just make a, a risk-free prediction on yeah. here. I think uh, Disney's going to delay Mulan. You think so? I mean, why wouldn't, I, I think there's no, there's no lose to it. No. Other than like, you've just been uh, hyping people up. Yeah. But like, I don't well, think, I don't think you're going to, I don't think people are going to get so upset that they can't see it now that they're not going to go see it later. Yeah. And it's right at the end of this quarter, like is the only thing, like if you have like a financial target to reach yeah. by the end of March, like it's right at the end of that, man. And so it's like that opening weekend, can it, like if they release it to the limited markets or to like, to yeah, not yeah, to yeah, the third like, uh, biggest it. and the second biggest, it's like, well, if we release it to just, just the one, like, can we, can we get enough there to like meet our, our fiscal target? That's true. It would be interesting to see like maybe like the u.s at least this year maybe the u.s movie release schedule is staggered from like the the uh, international release schedule I mean, for sure in china right now i mean it's like nothing's it coming be, out right like nothing like i mean whenever as soon as like uh it, you know everything clears up and it's like the theaters reopen and the go-ahead is is done like it's like well they're gonna have so many new movies. They're gonna have onward. They're gonna have like Dang. so many of the movies that have yeah. come out over the last like two months. So you know, it's I don't know. It's gonna be a weird, weird, weird year for uh, movies specifically because that requires people to get out and go somewhere. Like the video right. game industry, I would see that being less affected, other than the fact that like the, the supply the, the, chain. Yeah, well, other than yeah, supply chain, but also the just the conventions. Like right. that's, I mean, True. the games are still gonna come out. You're True. right. We could see like I mean, there's people saying like you know, I think it was this week. Um, California and LA declared states of emergency over coronavirus. And so the, e, um, uh, who runs the ESA yeah. started, uh, has said they're watching it closely. Like, honestly, what if, like if E3 doesn't happen, yeah, we'll, we'll probably have 
still have like Microsoft and Sony at the very least do like a digital yeah. kind of presentation, probably an inside Xbox and right. a state of play kind of thing where they outline all their E3 news. They're not going to wait on that stuff. They no, can't. No, I mean, especially if, if, if they plan on launching these consoles this year and, and, and the coronavirus doesn't delay that, which I, in my mind, like the components for these devices will probably have already been made. Um, and then they're being, you know, in heavy manufacturing as in like taking the components, putting them into a box, uh, now, like around, around now would be the, the, the time, um, yeah, for like a I November, mean, November release. And so you figure, like, depending on what stage these are in and where they were planning on having them manufactured, um, it you know it could easily I don't know easily that, affect I, it. I but. don't know that we're that close to manufacturing. I like I think like probably what's happening, what's what's probably closer to what's happening is they're probably looking for alternative options. Yeah, like, like hey, can we do this in a different place? Country, yeah, like because people aren't at Thailand, work. Whatever. Like they haven't been at work in China for like a month. Yeah, at least now. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, it's either – it depends on what they're getting there, what they're sourcing from there. Right. And then how much capacity, like, factories and other places have. Well, and even at that, like, if the consoles do release this year with, like, a limited stock, you know, it's like, okay. Oh, that'd be crazy. That'd be, that'd be intense, but it would be more like, like what the Wii did or, like, you know, um, even the Switch. Like, the Switch, Switch like, released, rare, yeah. you know, where it was like, oh, let's, you know, this is not a whole lot of stock out here, you know, and just in general, and they're trying to manufacture them. The Switch had trouble because, like, the uh, same year the Switch released, obviously there was a, there was a, uh, a new iPhone, there's a new Samsung, and so, like, they used the same chips. Right. And so it was like, hey, you know, we can't get the chips fast enough to which manufacture is, enough switches. Which was kind of, like, I don't know, I still... F- yeah, you wonder how much of that is like artificial. I be- I half half halfway don't believe that yeah, because well, I'm like there's always a new iPhone. Every year there's a yeah. new iPhone. You can anticipate that and they're like, you know, like, who didn't anticipate this? I mean, the only consoles that Nintendo hasn't had a shortage of um, were the ones that were like pretty big failures where it was like the Wii U or right. the, uh, the, uh, oh, what the GameCube. Yeah. I almost said the, and that's Cube. what makes me be like, they, that's just their MO. It might be like, I mean, I mean, they're a very risk averse company. So, you know, um, but anyway, I mean like no time to die being delayed by literally six months, man. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Um, do you think, uh, there's a, a friend of mine who like, who was like, I, he's like, I know nothing about this. He's like, but it, could it be a situation where the movie, like part of the movie deals with like a, uh, a virus. And so it's like, you know, topical where it's like, Ooh, this is like, you know, a little, little much. Let's delay this thing. Um, I mean the content of the movie dictating it more so than honestly like, that would make it more popular they would that's be more because like <laughs> you're right the the um, on netflix yeah uh there's a i think I, did i talk about it on here or, or on here or to you no, i don't know I, I don't there, think so. like there's a um there's a mini series called pandemic and it's yeah. about how viruses spread and it's all mm-hmm. about like these types of things that's like skyrocketed yeah, I think as well that, as like, the movie contagion yeah i was about to say contagion has, always sees like yeah, huge has, has, has skyrocketed which i get like well, i mean, like i watched good, it I watch it because I'm like, well, how is this? How is this happening? Yeah. There's so a, like, there's a game as well. There's like a, a mobile game that like in China, like it was on top of the charts like for for the last like few months, and it's like because it it like is like oh d- here it deals with what's it. the you know how you're gonna develop like a, a counter you know a counter pathogen or like right. whatever and like see how how fast it spreads and see if you can save the world, see if you can you know eliminate the world or like whatever that game yeah. is. So. I mean, it's one thing like you know. I mean, they have things have been delayed before when it's like, sure. hey, we just had a terrorist attack, and this deals right. with a terrorist attack. Like, right. I get that. Like, yeah. that's just kind of insensitive. Um, but the like, just delaying something because it deals with an outbreak is just like, well, I mean, I don't feel like that's disrespectful. 
Like it's just you know it's topical. Yeah, well, and, like, and then you combine that with like a an aspect of like oh yeah. well, like the the like largest the number two and number three markets in uh, for film like would be essentially nothing. Right. You're not gonna make money on those. And right. it's like ooh, you know, yeah. like, if we delay this, we could make money on those. I mean, especially why I mean, not? It does make sense for you know like I mean that's always the problem with like James Bond movies is like they have to do well because you know like they're not. They are not um, as big as things like you know Fast and Furious. Right. You know, like they for being a blockbuster, and it's a it's a it's a top tier franchise for sure. Mm-hmm. It always feels like they're in kind of a precarious position. It does, and it feels like like sure, like they don't they don't pull punches as far as budget goes. Like where it's no. like, oh no, we still have like the 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 top tier like actors, directors, like cinematographers. We we have the top tier like for everything, but it still is like, well, if this doesn't perform well, like. I don't know, you know. It's Hans Zimmer, man. He's, he got the, he's got his payday. Man, dude, I'm excited for this movie, and uh, like, part of me is like, is like, ah, yeah, I'm bummed that this is not going to come out until until November. Now Thanksgiving, basically. Yeah. And it's like, what? Oh, uh, yeah, it's fine. No, it's wait. all right. It's all right. I, I, to me, it's much more fascinating. It's like, oh, I just didn't even, didn't even think about no. the impact that the coronavirus was going to have on global box office. Well, yeah, and you crazy. wonder, you wonder even like in the U.S. like. If it will eventually like have a uh, have a pretty big impact here. I mean, if it know? gets worse, yeah. I mean, I don't see how it couldn't. Mm-mm. And at that point, man, I mean, it's just that's just a tough spot to be in as a as a as a movie um, company. Like your industry, like requires people to go and sit in a room with a lot of other people. Yeah, like you know? unless you're gonna sell it to Netflix at that yeah. point. Well, I mean, like I was thinking about the video game industry, where I was like, okay, well, the video game industry, like they can do like all of their marketing and all of their announcements, like direct to the majority of their consumers. Like they don't have to have a like people. Right, like, you watch in the, the press conference. Yeah, you just watch press conference. Here, oh, here's a bunch of trailers, and then they can deliver them digitally. Yeah. Where it's like you literally just download it, or you like even just do Amazon, like ship it to your house, like that sort. Like if, even the things that are physical, like you don't even have to leave your house to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, lice all the box before you bring it inside. It's funny. Whatever, like, you know. Movies are funny, man. And I mean, that's the that's the that's the the situation they've been in for years now, and they're still trying to figure out and yeah. reconcile. Is just like, man, we ha- you know, in order for us to make money, people have to leave their homes yeah. and go to a, a sit in a room with a bunch <laughs> to of strangers together with with, uh, with a big screen, some sound, and it's like, yeah. what is the how is that appealing? What is the selling point for that? And some of it, like sometimes it's like, oh yeah, it is appealing to do that for certain films where it's like, you know, blockbuster, like, oh, the Avengers movies, the Star Wars movies, the uh, even like horror movies where it's like, it's, it is appealing to sit in a room full of people that enjoy this thing to watch this thing. Yeah. And it's like, that's awesome. But if, whenever you're like releasing James, James Bond, it's like, I don't know that that has necessarily well, the same appeal for me personally yeah. to go into a room with a bunch of strangers and watch it. Well, so. here's the thing. So, like, you know, I like going to theater. I don't know. Like, oh, I, th- well, I, I, I like think you it. like going it's, to theater. I enjoy it, yeah. Uh, like, someone like Jay Pinions, Jared, does not like going to theater. Sure. Like, he has this, th- this thing now. He'll tell you, like, he will not go to a theater that does not have reclining seats. Like, it's just like, man, that's just a thing now. I mean... <laughs> I remember like going <laughs> to the theater with like I, I don't know if it was his first time with reclining seats, but like we walked into the theater one time. He's like, "Ooh, reclining seats!" And he like reclined back. He's like, "This is nice." So I don't know if that was the first time he went with reclining seats that time, but he was very into that reclining seat whenever yeah. I went with him that time. I mean, so that, that's a, I mean, as a theater <laughs> owner, you're just in that in that situation. Yeah, yeah. you got to entice people with your reclining seats. That's right, that's right. Listen, if they had a massage seat. 
Well, I mean, that's the one that's tied to the sub, you no, know, where it's like the sea is just, you know, you're like hoping for an explosion, like yeah. where uh, you'll get a back massage. That one's you know? still weird. <laughs> not a huge fan. Have you? Oh, you've been in it. <laughs> I've been in them. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's not my cup of tea. I don't dislike them. I do think like they're they're funny because like it's a uh, it's it, I feel like it's a technology that's one generation away from being good. <laughs> it's like maybe like think about like maybe. the rumble pack back in dreamcast like or uh or you're in 64 like in the rumble f- pack of those days like was like okay this is like one generation from being good. in order for this to be good they need like it needs to just be like a controller where like you can isolate the rumbles sure. so like there's a rumble underneath your left butt cheek yeah. there's a rumble underneath your right butt cheek there's a rumble underneath your thighs underneath your calves <laughs> and there's a random dude in the blades. back to like yeah. push your head to yeah. the side you know whatever uh, so like you gotta be able to like you know yeah. just all over yeah that's what I think is but man, can, you, can you imagine if like so say you went to go see Ford versus Ferrari mm-hmm. and like as they're, they're changing gears, like the floor underneath your feet vibrates yep. and like just well, like the things. So what you're talking about, Chris, yeah. exists at Disneyland and Disney World. Like there is like they have a theater that is literally like the entire theater floor will like move and shake with like the, the things that are happening. I watched the uh, – there was like the, the – um, before Star Wars Force Awakens or whatever came out, they had like this, like it was it was this montage and like it told basically the entire story of of the Jedi from the prequels all the way through up until the beginning of, that. Uh, of that. And like the 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 floor moves it and things shattered. Like, yeah, it's talking like, about whenever so, we were in uh, in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That floor moved. Yeah, it was like shaking you and stuff. You know, I don't remember that. Nothing like ridiculously abrupt, but it was like it, it gave you the the feeling of these things. So. It wasn't good then. Man, I, I, I don't. It was awesome. I don't remember it. <laughs> like maybe that's the thing, Chris. Maybe that's the problem, and maybe that's the problem with like. I, it was always the problem with 3D. It was. It was always the best whenever I didn't notice. And it's like, well, if I'm looking for this to be the like unnoticeable as the best thing, <laughs> why is this something that we're why trying? Is it, why is it important? Why are we spending money on something that the best if version want, of it? If people I want to won't notice. not notice it, mm-hmm. is it important? Exactly. <laughs> if I'm getting complete immersion and that's the good like that's the that's the that's the best possible version Scenario. of this scenario immersion to where I don't notice it why are we spending money on it it's true <laughs> Chris same could be said of music sometimes I mean sometimes like I mean you think about like a like a, especially certain roles within music where like it's if you're like an editor or something like that where it's like Best version of some some editing is well, that I mean, you it, don't notice I mean, it. within movies Oh like, you're right Chris you know mm. Yeah. I mean, you know. They're like, oh, the, you know, a, a good it's version. A, of it's a balance. It is a balance. Um, okay. Last thing. Yeah. I talked about music. We talked about Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Uh, did we talk on this show last week or any time recently uh, about how he did the music for Muppets Treasure Island? Uh, you haven't talked. About, I knew that he did. So I watched, rewatched Muppet Treasure Island recently. Yeah. I know I've referenced the Muppets, like, I think on like probably three out of three last shows. Uh, Hans Zimmer did the music from Up at Treasure Island, mm-hmm. and which is fascinating. Uh, additionally, if you listen to that, there are things from that soundtrack that he reused oh, in, yeah. in uh, Pirates, Pirates of the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, I mean, like, and that's the, you know, Hans Zimmer. It's crazy. You know, I'm like, it, this is really just Up at Treasure Island, only with people. Yeah, that's yeah. what this is. And it's like they're both Disney properties as well. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, like they literally were like, well, we got this Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Who do we know that's a piracy composer? Right. <laughs> it's like, well, Muppet Treasure Island do, composer. He, didn't do, he didn't do the music for the first one. He only did it for the second and third. Ah, uh, fascinating. It was, I forget what the name of the composer for the, out. yeah, for the first one. 
Um, and so like, his themes don't start coming in there until, so that's why in like the, in his live concert, he doesn't really like do the main theme a ton. Yeah. He does yeah, like yeah. the up is down, which yeah, is, yeah. which is fantastic. And like some of the, the Davy Jones like theme and uh, some of the other theme. I mean, he still does the, brings in the, the pirates theme, mm-hmm. but he's not the, the original composer for that. Funny. I mean, I, I, that's one of those things I just, I, I, the notable, obviously the main theme or whatever is like super like notable yeah, for me. Didn't do it. But then it's like whenever uh, you get into the, especially the third movie yeah. is whenever I feel like the soundtrack like took on a life of its own. Oh, to totally. Me. Like where it's like, I can listen to that soundtrack. Like it's better than the movie. Yeah. Like just it the is. soundtrack is way better <laughs> than that movie. Um, And so like, that's the thing. Like it, it is whenever a soundtrack like transcends the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was whenever Hans Zimmer had it. You yeah. know, it's like, so obviously like the first one, Classic, yes. classic soundtrack. Um, looks like it's got music by. There's three different composers. Uh, the fifth one was not Hans Zimmer, but the first movie was Klaus uh, Badelt, and then the fifth one was Jeff Zanelli. And so you know, Hans Zimmer has done two through four. So two. Oh, I forgot three, that there were. I thought four. I forgot there was a fourth and fifth one. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. That's a different rabbit hole. We'll go down some other time. <laughs> I need to go um, listen to that, uh, that fourth soundtrack then and see if it's any good. Yeah. Well, you I mean don't the, even remember it. The fourth one. Yeah. The, the last Hans Zimmer one. Yeah. Yeah. Was well, that one any good? I don't know. I don't, I, he doesn't play any of those from his live concerts. I'm so. going to listen to that on the way home. Um, other news, Chris. All last right. of Us TV show oh, yeah. will replace the film adaptation for HBO. I actually like this. Yeah. Let me read the um, this article. So this <laughs> is from Variety. Uh written by Joe Otterson. A series adaptation of the PlayStation game The Last of Us is in development at HBO. Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin is attached to write and executive produce the potential series along with Neil Druckmann, the writer and creative director of the game. Carolyn Strauss will also executive produce along with Evan Wells, president of game development studio Naughty Dog. The product is a co-production with Sony Pictures Television and in association with PlayStation Productions. The play, uh, project is the first television series from PlayStation Productions. Um, so uh, the HBO series will cover the events of... I'm skipping forward. Cover the events of the original game, which was written by Druckmann, with the possibility of additional content based on the upcoming game sequel, The Last of Us Part Two, which is due out in May. Um... Let's see here. I think it's just talking about it. I mean, all of the really names involved there are, I mean, it's uh, either the people from the game or yeah. like even like Craig Mazin. Like I, I like Craig Mazin, his writing. The, the thing I, the thing I like the, the most is that it's a TV series yeah. rather than a movie. Yeah. Um, I was, I, this is, that's the thing about games and maybe this will maybe start kind of a, uh, a rash of TV games or game mo- game TV shows. Mm -hmm. Like you think about something like the last of us and it's like a 30 hour game, right? How in the world are you telling that in two hours? And I think that's, that's, that is a difficult thing with these narrative heavy games. Yeah. And that's like whenever you, whenever you basically have a game that people want to make into a movie, they are a lot of times those narrative heavy. You're like, oh, this story is good enough to be like, a you know, a Hollywood thing, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's the, the fatal flaw, Chris, is that like that story being good enough to be a Hollywood movie is like the main appeal, but then it's 40 hours long, you well, know? So we take like, you know, Tomb Raider, for instance, the most recent one. Yeah. Um, it was good. 
it followed, it, was a good movie. it followed the events of the the game. Yeah. It would have been way better had, had a it, different ending, but yeah, yeah, it, it would have been way better had they spent more time fleshing out the same things and doing some character development like we did in the the game. Yeah, um, I think about like if they make you know, there's been talk for years of making a Bioshock movie. Man, that's another one. I'm like that just needs to be a tele- television series. It really does. And honestly, like the way that. <laughs> Level-based video games, Chris, lend themselves really well to a serialized television show like Star Wars. Oh, like this set of episodes, we're like on this level, like this yeah. art, art design, like especially on Bioshock, where it's like we're in this location dealing yeah, with this. We're this on, yeah, we're on this floor. Story arc within the the world of Bioshock for like two episodes, and then the next two episodes were somewhere else. You know, it's, and so. Yeah. It just would lend itself well to that long form storytelling rather than trying to fit like 14 different cool set pieces within a two hour movie. I hope it does well. I'm excited for it. Yeah. I'm interested to see what this potentially means for the uh, Uncharted movie, which has been in like in and out of, you know, some troubled development. Uh, Like they've switched directors like eight times or something ridiculous. I mean, Uncharted, I'm more on the side of making it a movie yeah. just because like uncharted is basically it's a it's a indiana jones ripoff like and indiana jones was a movie yeah and if we're being completely honest it's not as narratively heavy as something like uh the last of us sure and uh i feel like you can make a pretty good action movie out of that's the other thing too i'm i'm almost like with with uncharted i'm like i don't know i don't need you to recreate the events of any of the games yeah. necessarily. Uh, I just need you to tell a good Uncharted story with Nathan, Nathan Drake. Sure. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I feel differently about that one specifically. Makes sense. Uh, it's Makes just because of what it is, I guess. Well, like you said, like it being a, uh, it's like, oh, this is largely influenced by a movie. Yeah. And uh, so now it's a video game. And now we're translating it back into a movie. Just make a, uh, like a knockoff Indiana Jones movie. Should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that, sell me on a hardcore. Um, two last things, two, oh two quick gosh. hits. Oh my gosh, how much Chris. news do we have? We have uh, Taika Waititi is making a Charlie and Chocolate Factory uh, television series for Netflix. I think it's cool. I like Taika Waititi. Yeah, uh, I like I'm a fan of like Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Like I, that's I, the, that's, the, that's a franchise that like I just have not ever like really attached. Well, to. and that's the thing. Like, uh, so after seeing Jojo Rabbit, I kind of just I would I just want Taika Waititi to do his own things now. Yeah, like sure, do Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. But also do some original stuff. I I would be more excited about an original television series from Taika Waititi than cool. Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Makes sense. Like I said, I like Taika Waititi is great. The last one is uh, Ghost of Tsushima has a June release date on Sweet. PlayStation. So, so uh, what date? Let me uh, let me find the exact date, and it has to reload the article for some reason on my phone. It was it, like they they said June in the title. Now I'm loading the uh, the actual article. It is on June. <laughs> I guess. Draw this out. I'm scrolling, scrolling. My goodness. Where is this? Do we just know June? Yeah, just it just says just says June. No good grief. In this article. All right. Well. Yeah, okay. I mean, we went from a summer release window, quote unquote, to a June release window. I was I was wondering if it was going to be during E3, but we'll never know now. No, we won't we won't ever know. <laughs> Because like you think, oh, here we go, got it, okay. June twenty sixth. So no, so no, it's later after E three. That's the news. That's the news. 
Onward. Pixar movie. Yep. I uh, I enjoyed this movie. I love this of movie. All. Yeah, I thought it was great. It was really good. I uh, it's like I, I went into this movie not not knowing like whether or not I'm, I'm very like on board with this. It's very cool. Like I love Pixar. I love the animation thing. I love the uh, the idea of like, hey, what is this? modern world with magic as well as these uh fantastical creatures like that appeals to me more so than a story like with just these fantastical creatures yeah um so i was on board like with the concept from the beginning didn't know what to really think of it because like you said the marketing like hadn't seen a ton yeah and it's uh you know who knows because the good dinosaur exists <laughs> and i did not like that movie which i still haven't seen you should watch it i mean i, I get, i'm very interested in what people think of the good dinosaur Less interested in the good dinosaur, um, but Chris, very good movie. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was uh, so it's rated PG. Yeah, uh, instead of G, um, only a handful have been. Mm-hmm. Um, Does it I, earn that? Like the PG? I think so. Rating? I think it's scary. It's scary like, at times. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not. You know, yes, I think 100 percent yes. Okay. Uh, that being said, I think other things have been scary. Like, I mean, honestly, I get more. I guess things are more like violent. There's a lot of fighting in this, and with swords and explosions mm-hmm. and you know that kind of thing than like Toy Story. I will say, like things like you know all the toys in a furnace in Toy Story Three yeah. is way more scary than this. Yeah, and it's like, and I feel like that element of it, you get, you can get away from it because it's not like they're toys, like they're not, yeah. they're not like flesh and blood kind of, you know, creatures. Yeah. Um, whereas saying, this like man, dealt with a lot of I emotionally, mean, it's, it directs me. I also think it's it's terrifying. Like even in Toy Story One, in yeah. like whenever you're in, like the toys come out there and obviously they're friendly, you know, with with Sid, like you find out that they're friendly, but at first they're super creepy, man. Yeah. All the all the all the toys that he's uh you know frankenstein together um, but i thought that like i love the characters i love uh so it, it i had to ask you who that was I, it, i'm i'm just gonna say i'm notoriously bad with recognizing people's voices i'm right. like i know that person i know i know that person i just don't know who this person is right um but chris pratt and tom yep. holland did fantastic jobs oh, dude, julia so louis dreyfus honestly didn't even know that was her yeah uh playing their mom yeah um but i, I like overall i love the story it's fa- like funny, like Tom Holland, like he, I, I, like Chris Pratt, like I expected to sound like, you know, Chris Pratt or whatever. And he kind of does. Um, he does a little bit more of the old English kind of Chris Pratt, you know, yeah. whatever. But, uh, but like Tom Holland's like, man, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ever once think, oh, that's Tom Holland. Right. You know, like that's Tom Holland's voice coming out of like, you know, this character. Like he, he created his own like voice for this yeah. character specifically. So that's fascinating. Makes me like respect uh, Tom Holland even more as an actor so I like I like the world that they lived in I liked the uh, uh, the overall like yeah we have magic in the real world kind of thing mm-hmm. um, magic the, and technology magic and technology like and then like the just the the balance of how do these fantastical kind of creatures exist in a realish kind of world yeah which is kind of cool. Um, I also love the whole idea of like they're going on a quest Mm -hmm. and we can talk about more of that in the spoiler section, but just like the, the pieces that, you know, you can pull out from like video games or board games or card games or whatever it is. Or like movies or books or, you know. Well, yeah, it was more like, (laughs) we can't say everything. I know, right? (laughs) But like more like, uh, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons style or uh, that kind of thing. 
Um, I, I just loved all of that. Yeah. Um, I thought that, like it looked beautiful. It was, it was a beautiful gorgeous. looking looking movie. Yeah. I, I think like musically, I go either way. I don't even remember. Other than the fact that it. like uh, they integrated some like more metal esque. Um, like 80s kind of uh, yeah. hair metal kind of style things First with an orchestra. Um, that was kind of cool. But that's like, other than that, it just felt unre- unremarkable to me, like in a lot of ways where it's like, yeah. okay, it fits the movie, yeah. but it didn't like stand out and go, this is, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean or anything. Right. I think it was, you know, as heartwarming as like most Pixar movies are. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not up. It doesn't make you cry in the first like two seconds of the movie. No. But um, it, I mean, it's still tugs on your heartstrings yeah and, and i think like the, the the way that they go with the story like i uh you know i appreciated where everything went and how pixar always like chooses to do unique things yeah um throughout the course of their their narratives which is really really fun and i i, yeah. I liked that with this one yeah um i say go see it i say go see it as well Maybe this, if any of this these things interest you yeah go see it so yeah. um yeah i think we're ready to spoil this thing yeah we're going to spoil Onward in five, a four, a three, a two, a one. Throw out a spoiler. They get to make their dad in the end. or like, <gasps> like, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're right. One uh, of them does anyway. Yes. Um, well, yeah, they do it together, but then yes. they have to, the, only one of them gets to talk to him. Right. Yeah. Which uh, which was the part where I was like, man, this is like you know Pixar level like unexpected. I know like, it's not it's, what I was thinking was that would unex- happen, man. Unexpected turn. It's like it's one of those things that like with along the lines of like that story where you're like, man, like this is this is not the way I thought this would play out. Yeah, and it's not even it, they deliver it incredibly well. Right, I thought like well, like yeah, because like because it's heartbreaking the whole time. Well, it's heartbreaking, but like you also so the the whole time you expect uh, to hear the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, with their dad and like mm-hmm. that, you, you know, like in your mind, you're like, that's going to be the emotional thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And no, it's really just the, like the realization of Ian that he has had someone with him the entire time. Yeah. And the fact like at that, in that moment, he had, he had, he was the one who he gave up on having a conversation with his dad mm-hmm. and he had kind of like in that moment came to terms with it, mm-hmm. not being able to where Barley Never gave up on it, and that's mm-hmm. why they were able to get the stone in the uh, in the end, and um, actually have that conversation. So I, I liked, you know, from it was like, and he he knew his brother needed to actually have the moment he never got to have. Yeah. Um, and and it's just like when we never and we didn't get to hear it. No. And it's just so unique. Yeah. And it's, and that's the aspect of it where I was like, I, at first I was like, man, this is like, this is, this is heartbreaking. It's sad. It's like, it's kind of a, a sad ending to this mm-hmm. thing. Um, because like, okay, well sure. You know, he has, he's had a relationship with his brother. But it's like, but that's different than having a conversation with your dad who you never met. And, but at the same time, it's like the only way that anyone has a, is able to have a conversation is if he doesn't. Oh, have totally. Conversation. Yeah. Cause that's the other thing. Like if he had stayed on top of that hilltop and hadn't gone to fight, there's no the, way. The rock dragon. Yeah, there's no way and so anything would have happened. It's like it's this it's kind of inevitable. It's this odd thing of like it, coming to terms with like something that will never happen. You know, it's yeah. like of, of like okay, well, you know, I'm I, he I I'm getting and I'm grateful for what he got where he got to see him. You know, yeah. and he finally like got to he was able to like look at him and see him like there. Yeah, but it's like not having that conversation. It's like that was 
it was never going to happen that way. It was right. never going to to be a thing. It's like the, you know, he in the end, it's like, well, he's grateful for what he got, and that's you know, he has his brother now, which is like you know, the realization of throughout the course of the movie. Yeah, where it's like, oh, being grateful for what he has, not necessarily like hoping for something that he doesn't have. Yeah, I mean, even just the realization that, like, I mean, he never had really had a relationship with his dad. It's all in his right. head anyway. Right. Um, and is that, I think, in the end, that's okay yeah. with him. Oh yeah. Um, and it, you know, at the same time, it's like it's like okay. Sure, like if everything had worked out, like there in the bedroom the first time, it's like, oh, that would have been amazing to have the whole full tour in four hours. But that's just not like that wasn't what, what worked out, and like, and, the, and that's just not, yeah, that's just not life, right? Uh, and it's like that's what made this a good story too. It's yeah, like a, it's like oh, they, you know, they had this like half like the bottom half of their dad for, for yeah. 24 hours and which actually was, did have like funny. some funny experiences yeah with him. i think it was funny like i think uh i would kind of wish that um i think some of the the gags with that were like got a little played out yeah, yeah. um and, but i liked things like the dancing like when they were dancing with them right. so like there were some creative things they did with it I, I wish they had like you know leaned into that a little bit more rather sure. than just relying on the hey this is a goofy thing on top of the the legs right kind of thing and falling right. around, um so but that being said it was funny right I mean, I mean, was, every single time the dad's foot would like tap for one of them I'm like oh my gosh yeah for real freaking for real and it's like and they conveyed the a, a, you know there in the end they conveyed like a, a huge amount of emotion like whenever he like looked for uh, his uh, his son and he couldn't find him and he was yeah. like oh okay. You know, bummed about it. The uh, interesting thing about a lot of that was like, okay, how did it, how, you know, there's the, the weird questions of like, well, how does he know where they're at? Like when he's yeah. walking around, like, you know, tapping for him or whatever. Right. Like, how does he find, you know, they're in the car. It's like, how does he know where they're all at? How does he know like what he's, you know, what's happening? Yeah. Um, but, you know, you just kind of like leave that, leave that to the side and go, okay, I buy it. You know, suspend the, the disbelief and go right. for it. Um, I also like, you know, it's also there's just magic, you know, it's like, this is half about here. Why am I questioning like these, the, you know, how does he know? Well, and if we're questioning, like, so (laughs) the big question I have, like, well, why can't they, like, why couldn't they Mm -hmm. have let that first gym run out? Mm. And then just say the spell again. Why the is this spell? Why is it the only spell specifically once? says that you could only do it once. It did. Yeah. In the spell, he chanted. Yeah. In the spell, like it, it does say, like you only get to do this once or whatever. I feel like it's just a weird restriction to put on it. I mean, that's 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 narrative structure. You gotta, you know, <laughs> gotta have like stakes, it. Chris. Gotta have stakes. It's a mistake. Um. But yeah, dude, I uh, the, the whole quest situation, like the fact that like we go to the 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 Chuck E. Cheese essentially or like whatever and show yeah. up there to like get our get our quest, and it actually dude, is the hilarious. right place with the Manticore, and it's like it's, it, those types of things were amazing. That to me. like Manticore in a in a costume was just oh, the best, and the fact that like it was it was clearly like listening into their whole conversation, yeah. like whenever it falls over at that one point, it's like oh my gosh, what is that? Like just the just the legs there. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, <laughs> Um, I the I liked the different like basically stages of hey you know you need to uh, um, here's the spell mm-hmm. but also here's like you need to believe in it mm-hmm. and uh, focus on it and uh, what was the the fourth one um, oh no it was safe from the heart yeah uh, focus on it believe it yeah and, be- and believe it yeah you know it will happen or whatever yeah um, that was cool I loved the I like liked the fact that like whenever they had specific 
uh, trials that would al- allow him to learn those things. And like, it was very convincing. Like it wasn't yeah. a situation. I never was like, Oh, this is like contrived right. or whatever. Like it was just like, Oh, this is like that, that I buy that he, that those things happened and that he uh, was able to overcome those, uh, those, you know, limitations of his power. Yeah. I also love the fact that like the, there was no, they could not get through this apart from each other. Right. Um, because Barley knew all the, had the, had the knowledge, had, yeah, knew all the, the spells. Mm-hmm. And Ian, like, was the only one of the two of them who could do it. Right. And I thought that that was cool. The, the way that they delivered that, where there wasn't any, you know, like, it could easily have the trope of, like, oh, I am jealous. Like, you get to do the powers and I know all this yeah. stuff. And you know, why can't I just, but they didn't, like, they didn't do, they didn't do that. Like, right. it's like, you know, Barley was, is not that person. Like, that right. character would not do that. Right. He's just pumped and excited that his, his brother can. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, and, and believed in him the whole time. Yeah. Dude, uh, dude, it was hilarious when he was going across that, uh, Oh, that man. canyon. Oh, dude. And and he's it, just like, he's like literally like weeping over there. Like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, I is, don't, don't like turn around. Gosh. Uh, but yeah, like I loved how just like supportive Barley was like the entire time. Yeah. Um, and like at the same time, uh, whenever, you know, the time came to step up and like sacrifice his, his, uh, his van, like he did it. You yeah, know, he was he, like, oh, okay. I got it's this. not like he didn't contribute. Right. Um, yeah, it wasn't just who's the knowledge or whatever. It's like he yeah. had sacrifices as well, you know, to, to get this done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also loved the fact that we came back to the school. Like, the fact that like, we ended up back there. Whenever we ended up back there, I was like, of course. <laughs> right. Of course. Well, and the thing is, the... the you I did like, not see it coming. Well, I didn't see it coming at all. But then you're like, oh, that's why they were talking about those stupid, like, historical sites they were pulling down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, it's... One of those. Yeah, it's not and just a not just a cool backstory character thing. Yeah, it, like it's it ties them both together, like both him and his brother together to yep. uh, to this one location. I know. Very very good. It's crazy. I mean, they were well down played in, Pixar. They were down in that river for three hours, oh, even going the speed they were going. Yeah, like that's crazy long. And like it, they came all the way back there yeah. from from that spot. It's like oh man. <laughs> anyway, to a manhole cover. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the man, the, the like the construction worker that went down there. <laughs> Can you imagine like if those construction workers had taken down that that uh, that fountain and they hadn't like the you know nobody had prepared for this? Oh yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That thing that that uh, that's dangerous. Anytime man. they touched that jewel, that thing was coming out. <laughs> like they didn't even like the swords in a pawn shop across town, and like right? nobody cares to like slay that's this the, beast. That's the thing about the like whole magic like <laughs> uh, village like culture kind of thing. I'm like. There's got to be other things they're uncovering like that. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's like, not like it all went away. A hundred percent. This is like, this whole city is probably like any, the construction worker job. It's got to be the most dangerous thing in, in on that planet. You so know? I was literally, it's kind of, this is kind of relates to this. So I was reading um, an article the other day uh, there. I forget what country it's in. Um, it was like, I feel like it was like, it wasn't France, but it was somewhere over there. Basically they're in this town, a small village, uh, there is a still a stash of World War II um, ammunition and um, like bombs and everything like that. They were they're having to evacuate the town to remove them mm. for ten years. Mm. They're basically, like, you have to move yeah. away from here for ten years while we get rid of this. Yeah, yeah. Or the other option was we just pile a bunch of rocks on it mm-hmm. and hope it doesn't blow up. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that sounds terrible. Oh, both of those options are terrible. Yeah, yeah. But can you imagine they're like, oh, there's just a bunch of magic things lying around and, uh, you know, big giant rock dragons 
create themselves and and that's the fascinating thing like even cursed this, objects even though this is a uh this is definitely like a fantasy world like it's it's not based in you know reality at all but it's like it still feels lived in you know it's yeah, that's like the totally. aspect of it where it's like even like uh something like finding nemo or whatever the, the mines that are in the ocean oh, that yeah, end up yeah. blowing up and or like the sunken ship that the yeah. sharks are in and stuff it's these things are just like really interesting yeah. storytelling things that yeah. they do yeah, yeah. I love it, dude. It was great. Um, I don't think I have anything else to talk yeah. about with this thing. No. It's, just, it's a really good movie. Really great movie. Um, and uh, I think that, um, like, I'll probably, like, this is this is one of the Pixar movies, like, that I will rewatch over and over again. I mean, it, uh, things like, you know, for instance, Wally. I don't watch that all the time. It's a great movie. It's a really good movie. Yeah. Really good movie. I don't watch it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um even like things like uh, uh, trying to think, Incredibles. I watch a lot. Um, I mean, Toy Story. You know, the Toy, Toy Story. Story movies, yeah, I have, like a, a, I have to be in a mood to watch that. Right, right. You know, but this is like it's not one of the. It's still really heartwarming. Yeah. But this is not like a. Uh, you know, I have to be in a specific mood to watch this. Yeah, I would watch know? this anytime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this year, I mean, they got they got two movies coming out this year. Pixar. We got this one, and they got uh, Soul. Soul, which we saw preview. This is my first yeah. time I saw that preview, dude. It I'm looks very, really good. Very interested in, in that movie. It yeah. looks awesome. So yeah. just the visual art style too. Like it's super unique in that. So totally. All right, you ready to rate this thing? I am. What do you rate onward from Pixar Studios Walt Disney? I think and this is personal, but because I like it so much, mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna give it a nine. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I'm gonna give it a uh, an eight point five. So John, what are we what are we doing next week? Uh, next week is not a movie. Oh, um, yeah, hashtag not a movie. <laughs> but uh, but the week after that is a movie, where we have a Quiet Place Part Two. You don't want to review Bloodshot? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> With All a right. question mark. All right, well, you know, probably you're missing out. Um, cool. Um, actually, no, dude. Okay, 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 okay. Oh boy. Let me lay this on you. Okay. What, what, what I don't know we if we we can. We at least needed to give some initial thoughts on Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, yeah, that's right. That it's comes on, out next Wednesday. That's right. It's on Game Pass. And uh, We will review that game. We will. I don't think I can play it all in one night. I can't either, because <laughs> like, that's what it would be. It would literally yeah. be one night. We'd have, so, to, yeah. we'd have to beat it on, we'll we some, have, which we have done before. Oh, dude, we totally have. And it's just been a nightmare. No, I can't. I mean, there's no way. There's no way I could, I could beat it. I say, I say what's, the, what's the following week? Uh, the following week is... Quiet Place Part 2. So yeah, Quiet Place Part 2, and then after and then that, it's Mulan. But they're going to move it, so we'll go ahead and say that we're going to review it on the 27th. All right. Wait, on the 26th. Yeah, 20, Well, 27th. they'll hear it on the 27th. They'll hear it on the 27th. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because they're going to move Mulan. Because Disney's moving Mulan. I don't think they will. Mark my words. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you can find us online at stayintargetpodcast.com. <laughs> On social at Chris Wright 250. And John Wright 777. <laughs> I don't know why I was so like creepy about it. <laughs> yeah. Mark my Mark words. Mark my words. They're moving Mulan. Mulan will get delayed. <laughs> uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.